Watch it. Boys racing. Yeah, we got World Championships, 10 years in the making, the culmination of a racing calendar that has been building for months and months and what the 2023 ICF Ocean Racing World Championships did deliver, we will be speaking about for a very long time to come. Welcome to the Paddlers Pod, this is the breakdown, the race recap of what is the biggest race of the year. My name is Sam Jordan, Mackenzie Heinars, having a smile on the other side of the room, nice to actually be together, Macca. Oh, this is weird, hey? This is really weird. Um, oh, no, we did the in-person one. Ugh. Oh, yeah, thanks to everyone who listened to that, and thanks <laughs> to everyone who came to that as well. <laughs> that was It's sick. funny the little surprises we can pull together at the last moment. And I, I say surprise because, well, I didn't know about it till you actually mentioned it the last episode that we, <laughs> we did at the we very end there. volunteered. No, I thought it was really good. Thanks to everyone for turning up. We had, like, it was solid... 100 plus people I like it I, I, I like the plus in that as well Yeah there was There was hundreds Could have been 100 There was hundreds of people there um, And thanks for everyone With their patience With the audio quality On that last episode as well If you haven't listened to it You can go back and, and Check it out Yeah, That was a really good night hey That was great fun we Talked all things paddling Got to learn some great things From a whole variety of You know Paddlers at, at each level um, And all at the, Like have been at the highest Caliber of sport In their own right hey, It's nice to see ya it's nice to be here in Perth. I feel like I've just <laughs> kind of chimed in at the last kind of second after what has been a long couple of weeks. It has been a long couple of weeks, hasn't it? It has. It has. Very long time. It's been three weeks on the road for me. Wow. Yeah. And it was all for the race that we did see on Thursday afternoon here in Perth. Organisers making the decision to pull the trigger and run the race on the first day of that window. Looking like the right decision and looking out the window right now. Well, to give you a little glimpse into what you're hearing at the moment, it is Saturday morning. The doubles race is about to happen in a couple of hours' time. Uh, there's no wind. Yeah. There's no wind here in Perth. And what there is, it's actually blowing west, which is on shore. So uh, a straight cross the boat, I guess, yeah. rather. Um, so the conditions that they did get for that World Championship race on Thursday was... Look, I think it's the discussion that a few of us have had. It's probably the best downwind conditions we've had at a world titles. Yeah, yeah. I think well, Tahiti was pretty good. So was Hong Kong for the men. The women would have a different story. But I think like all in all, yeah, this would have been the best downwind, like fastest downwind course for sure. The biggest downwind field for the world championships as well, 550 plus entries across the week which is a huge huge field and a huge achievement to not only for paddle australia and the icf to make it happen but it also is a reflection of the race week as well the shore and partners wa race week having 700 in that doctor too it has been a really good celebration of surf ski paddling but for all of those elite paddlers taking part it all came down to what happened in that race so what we're going to do on this episode of the paddlers pod we're going to talk through the singles race we'll start with the women then go to the men are we going to talk about the split today? Maybe not. Maybe, well, I, I, I really guess it hasn't still been open. released, right? It's still open. Entries, still are, entries will be closed inundated. by the time you hear this, but right now, entries, entries are still open. We might maybe just we talk could, about how that Maybe we came could about. announce that. Maybe we can announce that later, tonight. What on? At the, at the well, pub? When we, yeah, why not? <laughs> that would be fun. I like the idea of that, <laughs> Mackie, you standing on a table, smashing a glass together, saying, everyone, can I have your attention? <laughs> we have to announce the split. But hey, that's a, that's a really funny kind of thing that came together as well. A huge thank you to 776BC um, for having the idea 
And then a massive thank you to Mike Mills, Tom, the Australian (laughs) legend who is sitting at home in Coffs Harbour on the East Coast, uh, quite frankly said it was bullshit that we're only giving away $300 (laughs) vouchers and said, I'll send you 300 bucks each cash myself. I rang him that next morning, about an hour and a half before the race and said, Mike, are you serious? And he said, what's your bank details? I'll send it now. Instead of sending me 600, he said, fuck it, I'll send you 1200. (laughs) And he said, tell everyone to go hard. I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see fast times. <laughs> Which, as it turned out, is actually, you know, the only prize money that was I on know. the race. I feel a little bit guilty about that now. That's that all right. We're giving back. We put it all, all on a 1K split. So we'll chat about that on the next episode too, as well as the doubles race that, yeah. I don't know, Mark, are you... You probably should win, shouldn't you? <laughs> you, oh, you really Mac can't. is paddling with Gemma Smith this afternoon in that doubles race. So Gemma's on the front, of course. Mac yes. just has to keep in time and hold on. So we, we might be good enough to get the win. It was the world title I was dreaming of, but uh, we'll see what happens. And that world title, that did go to Corey Hill in the men's. Gemma Smith winning the women's, both record-breaking performances. To start with the women, we'll talk through the results. Then we're going to hear from some of our medalists in that as well. I had a quick chat to them all. Uh, at the finish line just to get their thoughts and then we'll talk through it so to start with the women's top 10 in 10th place was australian brianna massey ninth was sasha torrens eighth jasmine Locke. seventh was saskia hockley sixth was nikki burkett fifth milani van neerkirk fourth was anna swedish third was kira bester second michelle byrne and the first woman to ever win a second ICF Ocean Racing World Championship, Gemma Smith. Well, Gem, we were just talking about that piece of history that you just claimed. You're such a student of surf skate paddling. You know, you, you're aware of the history of the results. How does it actually feel to have, you know, done that? You, no one else has done that. You're the yeah. first person to win too. Yeah, that's super special. I um, It's been absolutely incredible the past couple of years to really get more and more involved into the sport. And it's incredible the opportunities it's provided for me. So I'm just so thankful that I've come into the sport and had so many amazing role models that have come before me to look up to and aspire to be like. So yeah, to be able to go down as the first person to win too is really special. We've never seen anyone go back to back either in the women's side of things as well like like is that was that a challenge this year like can you understand maybe why people have kind of struggled with that in the past yeah i definitely think so i think you know the beauty about ocean ski paddling is you never know what conditions you're going to be able to you know you never know what you're going to get so it was um a bit unknown coming over here we're hoping for downwind conditions and yeah to have the wind that was on offer today was really special so it was great too after last week not having so much wind and it being really hot to be able to have some amazing conditions so yeah really stoked to be able to put together a performance um yeah after taking out last year so that was a real big goal of mine coming over here to just put down a performance that I was happy with I knew I'd had some good training under my belt so I was just keen to come and put my best foot forward and um see how I went you're always you're always so modest you're always so humble like just stop and actually pause for a moment now like you know you've won this you won all the surf ski races last week as well like what does it actually mean to you to, to kind of have the year that you have yeah it's been absolutely phenomenal year for me um I think I'll probably take a little bit of time now to try and soak it all in over the next couple of weeks. It's been, yeah, really just building towards this all year. This is kind of the last race that I'll do. Um, And so, yeah, it's been just incredible to reflect on. I'm so incredibly lucky that I've got so many people in my corner, um, so many incredible people that I paddle with, um, from the NSWI squad in kayaking to Newport, um, Surf Life Saving Club. They've been absolutely incredible to get me to this place where I am today. And, um, yeah, all of my coaches, friends and family back home have definitely helped me get here I wouldn't have been able to do it without them a little bit of time for it to sink in now like 
silver medal. It's amazing. How do you feel? Yeah, very stoked. I mean, um, I was hopefully, obviously, like I'd like to have done better, but and been closer maybe to Gemma. Um, but yeah, the the headwind section caught me. I was a little bit way off the pace, so um, yeah, it took me about 10 k's just to catch up to Kira. And um, I hadn't even seen her, so when I caught her, I knew she must have been lying second because I could see Gemma in the distance with her nice orange jacket. So I just put my head down and I was surfing the runs. I think I was doing a really good job. I was happy. I was comfortable, and uh, like I started to feel stronger towards the end as well. I think as the bumps picked up. Um, but uh, like yeah, definitely nothing to be sad about. Second place is unbelievable. I'm very glad to at least um, yeah, like still be up there on the podium as well. Like all these years later. So um, yeah, so far every world champs I've done, I've been on the podium. So it's pretty awesome. And you know what? To reflect on the last couple of years too. Like since you kind of came back into racing more seriously as well. Like last year we didn't get wind at the world champs. Came to the doctor, you got sick. This year you're at the doctor, we didn't get wind. But like, was it actually nice to you know? Like I know there was that headwind section at the start, but. To actually get a run of water where you're like, yeah, this is paddling downwind. Yeah, for sure. It's been, yeah, we've had a bit of bad luck, I think, with the weather. And um, I mean, I think the West Coast downwind was pretty decent. That was quite nice. And then the rest of the week for race week was was a slog. And the doctor was really hard work. So I think it took it out of a lot of us. It took me that full three, four days to recover. I think I might have actually still been a little bit tired in my warm up today. But um, yeah, for sure to be able to actually surf some waves and to actually use some skill today was, was really, really fun. And I was glad. Like, much, much happier than having a nice long flat race. I think we've had enough of those for a while. Kira, how are you feeling? Congratulations. Third in the world. Maybe we'll see under 21, under 23 world champion as well. But th- that was an incredible paddle. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was a good paddle. Tough going out into the wind. Gemma was flying off that start. She was a beast. Um, I managed to get to her and then we kind of like sat together up until the turning boy and then yeah it was it was balls to the walls and she put down the hammer i tried to stay with her and she like slowly but surely nudged that that gap bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and i was like oh my gosh this chick she's on fire anyways then about at 14 k's um i saw michelle and then I don't know, like I think my line wasn't wasn't ideal. I was kind of coming in too much and trying to work out and there was a bit of a like a, a wind shadow and then Michelle managed to catch me and I felt I felt soap up and yeah she she also put down the hammer so kudos to her because you know she she isn't a spring chicken anymore but she's she's a beast as well. Um yeah, but I'm very happy with my third. Definitely going to come back next year for race week. Um, and then obviously world champs. But yeah, it was a good year. Next up, I'm doing Cape Point. So it's not done yet. And yeah, I'm very, very happy. You know, with that in mind, like, just to reflect on the year that you had, it has been a breakout year racing internationally as well. Like, how proud are you of what you've been able to put together? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy. Like, winning Gorge and then winning our nationals and then um winning hong kong like it's a big it's a big stepping stone for me i trained really really hard so like seeing those hours pay off it's it's like i could actually cry but um yeah you know it's back to the drawing board definitely very very impressed with myself but you know when the race is done the race is done and it's it's time to reassess and see how you can get better 
Maka, we have had the privilege of seeing so many incredible female paddlers over the years racing in downwind, but Gemma becomes the first to ever win a second world title. What an incredible accomplishment. I think it really just stamps her authority as the number one paddler in the world, and especially over the last two years, you would say, right? There hasn't really been a race where she isn't either pushing the front or winning. Um, it was really D-Mac and her, and D-Mac sidestepped into kayaking and sort of left a bit of an open slather for, to, for Gemma to just run wild. Um, she really just took the race by the horns. I actually spoke to her when we paddled for the first time together yesterday. And I said, like, how did the race, like, unfold for you? I hadn't, uh, haven't heard the interview, which you'll hear now, well, which you were heard. Mm. Uh, Prepared, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> But she sort of said like, yeah, because I was like, how did you get away? Because there's obviously about 1,800 metres of what you would call headwind, sidewind to start the race. And there's like some really fast girls and a lot of kayaking um, calibre of athlete. Uh, she said she just put her nose right at the front near the end, turned first and like never looked back. And I think she said she was like, I was a little bit concerned, right? Because I said to her like, full well, like if you're paddling the best you are, you'll win the race. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, you shouldn't have to worry. But there is always that notion of like, shit, what happens if someone's gone like a real wide line? I can't see anyone. I don't know who I'm racing. Like, what what can happen? You just got to be like full trust in what you're doing and putting it all on the line. And she did that. And yeah, she won, what, a minute, minute and a half? minute and a half. And for those who, I guess, don't have the full race picture, we would have picked up bits and pieces of Sam, but the only person to go with Gemma out towards that two-kilometre turning boy that was off Bathers Beach in Fremantle was Kira Bester. Gemma actually saying that she heard Kira's nose slapping the water the entire way out to the can and thought, I can't get rid of her. But Gemma, when she did turn that boy, we had the drone up overhead and she picked up a run at the perfect time and that kind of opened up that gap gap and and that was essentially it from there. Um, That's not to write off, I guess, the performances of, you know, Kira Bester, who did finish third, but Michelle Byrne, who flew home as well, because particularly those two uh, South African athletes flew in those last five kilometers. I guess, you know, we're still taking entries for the 1K split time, but... At the moment, they're the two fastest. Yeah, I think, early I think I'll give that away. So, yeah. and it was what they did in the back half of that as well. So, you know, they gave Chase all the way to the line, but Gemma simply far too strong. I, you know, I guess for Gemma, I did ask her there, what is it about going back to back or at least winning a second that mm. has proved so hard? And I guess she's right when she said, you just don't know what conditions you're going to get. And I think maybe if you look at the last two weeks for Gemma, that's, you know, part of what makes this achievement so incredible is that. She's won the World Championships and the West Coast downwind in pumping downwind conditions. She won the Tuesday-Thursday races in a shorter, flat format. And then she grounded out in the doctor as well in those hot, kind of very small, bumpy conditions too. So she's the complete paddler and she certainly deserves to be that first world champion to win too, hey? Yeah, that is, yeah. Not only first first woman to win back-to-back, but the first one to win two. And I wonder... I wonder which would have been harder. I know last year she had to make the tough call and she actually said it was the most nervous decision she'd ever had to make that she had to pick either the opens or 23s to race in the category. This year, she wouldn't have had to do that. But last year she did and she opted for the open and I mean, it paid dividends and she was the the title holder. But I, I don't think maybe the runs were on the board for her to really like be confident in that decision where like this time you know she was clear favorite and really just 
asserted authority the whole race. Yeah, we are going to crisscross a little bit, I guess. But Kira Best, that was a beneficiary of that, she finished third overall. She also won the under-23s. Um, just on Kira, an outstanding year, a breakthrough year too, as you kind of heard her say there. But I just love the way she's racing. There's no thought to what's happening in the second half of the race. She's just going out hard. And it's what she did again. I think that kind of attitude, that recklessness in a way, is going to hold her in really good stead over these coming years as she gets more experience, fitter and stronger because you know she has that X factor to, to be on top of the world as well. She really does, hey? When she takes out those, those starts... Um, I think she's still learning how to best pace herself over the distance. She did it in Hong Kong. She was so strong um, and maybe didn't realize the full extent of how long the run out is into the wind, um, but just like came home strong. She just backs herself. And I, I like the idea, like X factor. That's definitely what she has. And if you look at her, she's just having a great time paddling. I guess we didn't really cover off the conditions. I probably should have done that at the start. It was about a 20 yeah. knot south southwesterly winds southwest uh, yeah it was a little bit over the right shoulder you were surfing the runs to the left but the wind was probably stronger than what was forecast i think it's fair to say it got it got quite strong and it was a really good run up to scarborough certainly enjoyable for everyone and i was really glad too for michelle Byrne, you know just to have conditions because if you look at michelle's kind of i guess history in the sport you know she well really should have won the world championship in 2013 mm. 10 years ago 10 years on she's still at the front battling but since returning to racing after you know starting a family as well the world championships last year were flat in portugal she came to the doctor we were pumped up for that race she got COVID before the doctor you know so she wasn't able to mix it with danny and Gemma. this year she came out for the doctor again it was flat she didn't get downwind conditions whereas i was really glad that in the world championship race you could actually have a chance to paddle downwind and show what she can do and if there wasn't that two kilometer you know fight to that can on the way out like it was a huge gap that she gave up and it certainly was the distance to winning now could she have won it if it was say a west coast downwind start where you're starting in the runs i don't know but at the very least i'm glad she was able to show just how incredibly skilled she is downwind as well yeah you're right it was uh i think looking at her we're not going to say negative split, but the second half to our race was so fast in comparison, like coming home so strong. It'd be really cool to see, yeah, what would happen over, say, the doctor, right? The 27-kilometer downwind. I mean, there is a bit of flat, but it's it's flat water. It's not headwind water like we saw at the start of the World Championship. So uh, maybe next year, the doctor will have the win that we all hope. Yeah, and, and I like the look at next year as well. You know, hopefully we get Danielle McKenzie back into a bit more specialized training for surf ski oh, after Olympics the will Olympics. Be over. Yeah, yeah Olympics will be done so hopefully DMAC you know be able to be back as well because what we're seeing in the growth of this field is just going from strength to strength women's racing cool. and and you can really see that in the results as well five under 23 athletes in the top 10 that's a sign of the investment it's a sign of the training it's a sign of the participation at a junior level now these athletes are starting to come through um it's it's incredible Anna Swedish fourth overall uh, Milani van Nierkirk fifth, Nikki Burke at sixth. Again, three athletes who didn't have their best performances throughout the WA race week, but were able to bounce back too. So really good to see uh, those athletes bounce back as well. Uh, we may as well take a quick look at the categories too, Maka. We'll go top five in each of them. The junior women's in fifth place was Abby Carter. Fourth was Kalani Ives. Third and the bronze medalist, Alyssa Bailey. Second was Lara Enriquez and the winner from South Africa, back-to-back champion to mm. in the under-18s, Holly Smith. 
Holly in a time of 132.17. That was about a minute 10 ahead of second place and a dominant performance as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a really strong showing. What's that put her as a 16-year-old last year? Well, I guess. Could she be, could she be 18 now? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, okay, but like she's still... Not many, if any, athletes have actually done that because they've never really had the chance to, right? No. We're running two-year cycles beyond that. Yeah, um, you weren't going to win it. What did you... You know, Kenny, you won a 23s, but then didn't win it two years later. Kenny won, yeah. Kenny won a 23s, didn't win it two years later. Is that right? Oh, it's all starting to become hazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think... I actually think that I was, I was in a... I was the wrong side of the beneficiary in Portugal. I think yeah. I was meant to be in the 18 category. But I was somehow in the 23. So I had like enough time in the 23s. No, no, no. We were 18s in Portugal. Yeah, I'm younger than you. No, no. The first one. Yeah, I think we were meant to be in the 8. We I were. was 18. I was still 18. We were 18s, weren't we? No, we were in the 23s. Oh, gosh. Who I know. Knows? I know. Anyway, but yeah, I don't. No one's definitely had the opportunity to do something like that. Uh, and geez, like, does not. That shows some some real potential for sure the under 23s in fifth place was sasha torrens fourth jasmine Locke, third saskia hockley second anna swedish and the under 23 world champion kira bester again macro i mentioned those five are all in the top 10 of the opens that's an awesome yeah, result so good good representation from the countries too you know your top three there south africa united states anna swedish lara from spain in the under 18s really good spread we touched on it before, but for me, I'm very glad that that rule was rectified with the ICF, that Kira is recognized as the under-23 world champion and isn't penalized in the opens category, the overall category rather, for coming third to. No, no. It, look, I sit on the fence. I've said like yes and no, but like I don't really mind what the decision is. I just don't like backflips at the 11th hour done by, I believe, the ICF. It, they wanted it last year to retain and now this year they they don't all mm. of a sudden and said with like, a bit of venom there maka yeah well, it's just an interest i just i just find it interesting um like what why you just find it funny you just find it funny yeah why why you don't, you don't care question. you just find it funny yeah like you know what i want people to be rewarded <laughs> the best paddling um and they they should I, I think i would say racing in three age categories would probably be wrong like an 18 right holly mm. she she wins the 18, she wins the 23s and gets third in the open, that of might course, be a little bit... Of course, You race your own age group and then it's open. Yes, of course. Sweet. Of course. And look, they did also hand out open medals as well. Yeah, that was a bit weird. It was a bit weird, but I can understand why they did it. They've, they've taken the view of if we're handing out 23s medals and overall, then we can hand out opens, which is 24 to 39 and also overall... I don't really care. They mass produce these medals. Give one to everyone. <laughs> Fuck, who cares? You know what I mean? Everyone's a winner. Medals actually not, looked not quite good this year. Yeah, yeah there, was a new, there was a new design oh, to the medals, which I it. thought was good. Hey, you, mate, you still get maybe, your chance. Maybe. You've still got your chance. I want those um, fluffy quokkas and koalas and emus that they're giving The out. stuffed toys were a nice touch as well. Um, so they are our world championship categories. Hey, congratulations to all of our masters that did uh, race yes. and, and make those results that they were hoping for as well. You're not going to get recognised on this episode of the podcast simply, well, no, simply because we haven't got the time. There's no, like, we don't. But there was some. We will just like there was some really incredible, amazing results. Yeah, huge. We're gonna. This is like I guess the first of two world championship episodes, so we're yep. going to be able to recap on all of that as well because we also haven't handed out those medals yet either. I need to practice saying those names when when that's going to happen in a couple of you're hours. Gonna have, time, you're not so. going to be able to speak for a couple of hours. That's going to be a long ceremony. Maybe I should be resting my instrument at the moment and not doing this. <laughs> no, the Paddlers Pod audience comes first. Uh, we are going to take a little spell though. When we do get back, 
we will be talking through the men's world championship race. Christmas is coming. The doctor's done, and that's normally the start of the festive season as well, right? Uh, hey, we love 20 Beaches. We love the Shore and Partners Ocean Classic there in Sydney, but thank God that is not on on the second weekend of December anymore because oh, we can actually imagine? enjoy the festive season now, Macca. Oh, what about the poor people over in South Africa? Oh, the doing the Cape Point Challenge. Oh, Listen, we can't. Hey, good luck to everyone for that. Yeah, and doing yeah. 52K as well. Look, the festive season has started for us. That, that is what the end of the doctor signifies. And today is actually the 2nd of December as well. So like it, it is now into Christmas season. And that's when we need to start getting the cogs turning uh, in terms of gift giving for the end of year. And for all of those special paddlers in your life, there is only one place you can go and that is washrider.com. They are back as an episode. Sponsor of the Paddlers Pod. They've continued to support our journey. Kieran Babich is so passionate and dedicated to the sport as well. And he likes to see us giving back. So if you are in the market for a gift this festive season, washrider.com's got your place. Now, Maka... I'm I'm smiling over here because you know there's one thing I haven't done since this time last year. And what's that? It was buy one of those suction caps for the front of my kayak that had my had my Garmin on it. Well, to be fair, your kayaking kind of got a little bit derailed this past year too, right? Yeah, With your that's, foot. That's, you couldn't fit that thing in a K1. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit hard. Although... My girlfriend is sitting right here in the room with us. So maybe if I speak up enough, do you reckon she'd be able to hear? Well, that's uh, look, she's hearing us make noise. I don't know whether she's listening, but at the very <laughs> least... Tuning out. Hey, I hope Sky is t- checking out washrider.com because there's plenty of stuff that Mackie, you can get for her. You know, she's yet to start kind of paddling Ooh. seriously, but she's coming to more and more surf ski races. So we're not just talking about paddling accessories. Oh, there she is. She's made... <laughs> <laughs> That was she's, not the face. She's wanted to stick her head around the corner now. We actually did make mention out at Rotness with Corey and Lani yesterday that we might do the, like, we'd race the double against each other yeah. at next year's Worlds. Okay. Sky, do we so, have any input from you on that? No. No, <laughs> no comment. No input. But if you do have a paddler in your life, then washrider.com is the best place. Of course, we have spoken about the wire rack here on the Paddler's Pod. A They're getting bit. around here. They are, there are plenty around here. I saw yeah. Michael Booth pull into the car park across the road uh, just yesterday, and he has his Washrider wire racks on. You know, Michael Booth doesn't settle for anything less than the best. So if you need a glowing endorsement, there it is from Boothy. They are the easiest roof rack systems used. The straps are built in. They're detachable so that you can take them off when you don't want them on your roof too. They are the blue ribbon standard. Coined here at the Paddler's Pod. No, that's a term. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But in terms of like the blue ribbon standard of wash rider. Oh, that's exactly right. Then everything else in between, like even Macker, I've noticed now that Kieran has foot grips for every ski really? foot plate brand. That's right. So wow. if, you, if you need a set of grips, for example, like a lot of the brands don't come with foot grips. You have to buy those separately. Well, Kieran makes those as well. He has the molds for all the foot plates. He makes them fit for purpose and he, he does it in a really cool way too. Super comfortable, super grippy because like, you can't paddle them without them, right? Do you paddle? You- yeah, I paddle without one. Do you? Yeah. What? I know. What's that about? Weirdo. Why? I don't know. Don't your feet slip around? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I have paddled with one. I mean, admittedly, I paddled with one in Hong Kong and I had the best result of the year, so I probably should have put one in for it. Well, Sky, <laughs> if, you ta- if you're still listening, Sky, washrider.com because that has got all the paddling accessories that you will need this festive season. You still have time to get those purchases in before the Christmas rush as well. It's crazy. I didn't know you did that. <laughs> 
On to the men's world championship race now. It was a stacked field. It was red hot conditions and the race that we did see. He's one for the history books in more ways than one. Starting in 10th place overall is the local man, Michael Booth. Ninth was Mackenzie Heinart, our very own. Eight, another local in mm. Brendan Rice. Incredible results. Seventh was Nicholas Notton, back after a year away from racing. Sixth was Tom Norton. Fifth was Oscar Jones. Fourth, Gordon Harbrecht. And our medalists in third place, Joshua Fenn. Second, Hank McGregor. And the first man to ever win three ICF World Championships, Corey Hill. Is this the best season? Like, really? Like, I know you're probably having a chance to reflect on it. Is this the best season of your career? Yeah, look, I think even coming into today's race, I thought it was probably one of my best seasons. I, I talked about it with you the other day where 2015 was a breakthrough year for me and I had won the Doctor World Title and um, Molokai. And then... There's been a couple of really good years in there, but this one was strange. I felt like domestically I couldn't buy a win. <laughs> I'd get beaten in sprint finishes or just, just beaten in general um, throughout the domestic season. And then when you know it's time to shine, I was able to do the job at hand. So ironically, I've actually only won five or six races this year. Um, they just happen to be the ones I wanted. If it's the best season of your career, like you're doing it with three young boys, a business that's kind of growing as well. How have you managed that? Um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a struggle, but at the same time, I guess business-wise, we've gotten to a stage now where I've been able to employ uh, a couple of people to really take that strain off whilst I'm away. Um, and then from a, from a, I guess, athlete and dad side, that's always a bit of a push and pull. I've always had this triangle, I felt like, where... I'll be on the water and feel like I should be working. I'm at work. I feel like I should be with the family. I'm with the family and I feel lazy, so I should go for a paddle. So it's this, this really tricky triangle to, to negotiate and navigate. But luckily, you know, Lani's right in my corner there. And, um, you know, we're, do we're just doing the best we can. For the last four years, you and Sean have kind of shared this mantle as being the only two-time world champs. But you've, you've just won a third. Like, what does it mean to you to kind of, you know, like, tie, like the actual race aside, but to kind of pave new ground as well? Yeah, look, this this year's been. I've, I guess I've reflected on it a little bit more to go. I've got some of these races the most ever. So, like, I think my name's on some of these trophies more than others, which is um, which is quite cool to to sort of. I never really got into sport or paddling for that. I always got into it for for the lifestyle, the fit, like the the travel and um, those sorts of things. And I've just fallen into it due to the love of the sport. So. Um, won't say it will stop here, but uh, if it does, I'd still be a happy man. Um, the last one too, like, I'll certainly be reflecting on it on the podcast and in the article, but this kind of cements you as the greatest paddle of the modern era. Cements you as one of the greatest of all time. Um, how does that kind of title actually fit on you, you know? Oh, look, it's just... Um, I won't think about that too much myself, but just Lucky Worlds fell in November 30, which, which just pushed it into into that November month. I'm just lucky that these races fall at the right time of year. Hank, congratulations. Another silver medal at the World Championships. How does it feel? It hurts, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's my third uh, my third silver at Worlds. Um, my third too many. And, uh, yeah, but hats off to Corey. You know, hats off to Pad Australia that's um, hosting the World Championships, turning the wind on today. 
I think it's only fitting that the, the world champion is from Australia. So uh, heads off to Corey, and um, he had a great race. He he pretty much led um, after he passed uh, Gordon after turn marker. Took a good line. He, he went deep. A lot of us went shallow, and then I realised he was getting away, and I just yeah started following him, heading out to see back back Corey's line, and. Um, yeah, it's a, he, he had a good 200, 250 metres on me by like 5, 6 k's and it sort of stayed like that for most of the race. And Yeah, like the last like 4 k's, Josh uh, Josh Fenn came up next to me and um, he actually got past. And yeah, I had to recenter, rewire the brain and um, yeah, then I suddenly saw the big Gordon on the on the, on the shadow line and realised, you know what, it's a, it's a race for a medal and um, race for my country. So... Yeah, I dug deep and my life-saving skills kicked in, turned the can. I headed straight for the beach. I think the other guys took the wider line and I hit the beach first. Old man can still run. So, yeah, managed to get to, get the, to the silver medal. And um, I put everything out there, left everything out there. And, yeah, really happy with uh, my results in the end, you know. You ran all right, mate. You looked like, you looked like an Olympic sprinter up the beach. You flew. Yeah, I think I got ripped off enough uh, after last year's uh, dash for cash in the, in the old man's race to... Uh, I've been practicing the run up the beach, and uh, yeah, look, like I say, I left it all out there, and um, I'm going to be heading home tonight. Uh, I'm missing my family, and I can't wait to uh, to enjoy the the next couple of weeks, just the rest period, and um, yeah, just uh, it's family time now, time to uh, refocus, and I guess I guess I'll have to come back next year, <laughs> one more guy, <laughs> try and get a little bit younger over the next year. You know, like. You know, you speak about a bit of disappointment kind of tinged in there. Like, your longevity is unmatched in the sports history. Like, do, do you have the perspective at the moment to be able to recognise that? Like, do, do you realise the boundaries that you're pushing or is it a bit too kind of raw to, to do that? Oh, look, I don't know. It hurts. It hurts physically. It hurts mentally. Um, you know, and it's, you know, I'm, to be honest, the hard part for me is like I'm racing to win. So, you know, anything other than that, I, I really have to re- rewire the brain to like, to suddenly rechannel it to say, cool, you, now you got to race for second, you know. And I've always, I was brought up first is first and second is nothing. Third, we don't talk about. It. And um, yeah, today I ended up racing for second and I uh, managed to pull it off. But uh, my heart really is, is all about the win. So, uh, like I say, I'm going to have to train harder, refocus, and see what next year brings. Hey, and last one to um, Josh Fenn. You know, I guess you've known him since. I've known him, you've known him for a very, very long time. There must be a sense of pride in sharing a battle and then also a result with him like that. Yeah, last night we were actually laughing on the couch. Um, Matt and uh, and Josh, uh, their their combined age is, is mine, and uh, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a great uh, it was a for me it was a great finish to to dice it out with Josh, and um, you know I would have been stoked if he had got me out of the way. Like you know, uh, I really enjoy his company, and he's a great athlete, and uh, yeah, we race fair and square, and um, yeah, he's the first normally to congratulate me, and and vice versa. So. He's my paddling partner when we race doubles, and yeah, for him, for us to all stand on the podium together, I think it's it's really great. Uh, Joshy, you just came third at the World Championships. How are you feeling? Broken. Yeah, all the tight. Um, played a bit of a conservative game. Um, yeah, Corey and Gordon took off at the start. You know, took a headwind. Just decided to hang back a little bit, to save some for the downer section. Um, thankfully, I did. Uh, so yeah, kind of. Boys split up. Corey turned the can in second, disappeared. That was, I think, I don't want to say, but like race over from the start. And then, um, yeah, I kind of took my own line, stayed in the middle, saw the guys inside and the boys deeper. But I was like, you know, I just 
do what I can. Um, and yeah, just slowly kind of caught the guys, took them off one by one. And then the last maybe eight or ten k's, Hank and I had a bit of a, a dice, like run for run the rest of the way. So that was a felt like home. Um, and then yeah, didn't actually see Gordon until the about a k or two from the boy. Three of us all turned the boy together onto the same wave, and then hit the beach, and it was literally a sprint up. And yeah, just managed to get Gordon just at the end. In the context of your career, Joshy, like it's, it's the biggest, you know, it's the biggest open result of your oh, paddling career. For sure. sure this right? is, like, yeah. You know, how did it, like, you, you know, you got fourth at Doctor last week. It's not like you, you haven't been there, but you're a world championships, you're an overall medalist. Like, it almost feels like a long time coming to the family, obviously, so heavily involved. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, no, it's been a, been a big, good, good, oh, sorry, good year. Um, Gordon was actually saying it's the exact same results from Molokai, so cool to look back on that. And, um, yeah, same thing. I mean, World Champs, massive, means a lot to me. The end of the season, so yeah, probably the last race for the year. And, yeah, just to be on the podium with Corey and Hank is just, yeah, lifetime goal. Obviously, um, the two of them being my idols and role models for growing up. So, yeah. It's hard to know where to start when talking about Corey's performance here at the Doctor. He crossed the line in a time of 1 hour, 11 minutes and 46 seconds. That involved him putting his paddle down and looking over his shoulder twice and falling off runs on the way back in. He caught a wave. He stood up out of his boat. He asked Lani, his wife, who was on the shoreline with their kids, whether he won. She said yes. He gave her a kiss. He high-fived his son, Coda. He tried to get Coda to run across the line with him. He said no. Nah. And didn't. And when he did all of that, he still won by about one minute and 15 seconds. If he had put his foot down and went to the line, it would have been close to two. And over a one hour and 10 minute course, that is nothing short of extraordinary. We know what kind of form Corey has been in this year, particularly over the last two months. He saved his best race for the last one. That is extraordinary. It was, wasn't it? After the race, I was speaking to Tom... And Tom goes, is he seeing shit we're not seeing? <laughs> like, genuinely. How, how? Like, I mean, he did. He had an impressive showing out to that first can and he definitely turned clear. Um, there was like a clear three that top turned top in the lead. Gordon in one. I can't quite remember who was in second. And then Corey in third. Yeah. And really just like, was like, okay, close it out from here. Um, never looked back. Took a wide line. Perfect. He is... He'll admit it too, like, and he has admitted it, that he would rather his own space and his own water just to paddle freely. It's like, I said to him in Hong Kong, would you rather be sprinting for first with someone or get second? And I didn't even get to finish the sentence. And he was like, I'll just get second. <laughs> <laughs> well, he certainly didn't have a... But he didn't, didn't need to, right? It was, it was, fuck, it's impressive. So, so much to make of that result. We've spoken a little bit about Corey. Um, I did put the question to him. I guess it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. He gave me a stupid answer as well, but... You believe so. This is the question we're now talking about. It's Corey's third world championship. No one's done it. He's won three Molokais, five Doctors, five West Coast downwinds, five 20 beaches, five Hong Kong dragon runs. You throw in a couple of other races around the world, like a couple of Maramus in Tahiti. I know he's had a couple of wins in Europe. Not too many Portugal. in Europe. Yeah. But look, at the end of the day, the question he's being asked now, is Corey Hill the greatest paddler of all time? Yeah. Sammy I, is. I, th I think he is. I think, I think he it's, is. I think it's hard across generational, right? Yeah, it is. You look at, you look at Oscar, 
Um, shout out to the big man, Oscar Chalopsky Day today. Oh, yeah, good point. We'll double back to that at the end. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, 11 Molokai titles, like it was like undisputed. But it was around one race, right? Like that is Oscar's claim to fame. Um, not taking away from all the other races he's won, because he has won so many, but like that's where the standing point. You look at Corey's accolades and they're across a lot of races in a lot of areas and a lot of different distances in a lot of different conditions. Yep. Look, I look at the World Championships on Thursday, for example, and, and look at someone like Austin Kiefer, yep. you know, regular host of the podcast, number one fan, world's nicest bloke. He came fifth in that West Coast downwind in very similar conditions. He came 29th in this race as well. That's because the depth of field is so intense now yeah. that if you don't have your best day, then you will be further back. Like, I think, you know, I, I, if you could have a good day. Yeah. And like, but if, if, unless you have a great day or an exceptional day, yep. it will go bad. And it's not that you've had a bad race. You just didn't have a great or an exceptional race. Yeah. And I'm not discounting the results of particularly Oscar and Dean as well. But for a lot of their Molokai races, they weren't allowed to race each other. You know, Oscar obviously... You know, through that time, there was events that racing that there was a lot of oh, events yeah, they that stra- yeah. couldn't take part in, whereas the chances they had to race against each other were actually quite few. Dan and Oscar have spoken about that on the Paddlers pod at different points as well, that they never really got as many races as we think they did in their heads. They were kind of out there on their own. Now, that isn't to say, like, they were on their own because they were so extraordinarily talented. Like, Oscar yes. won a Molokai at 49, you know, and... He beat, he beat a lot of good people. He beat a lot of good people that year, but... I do feel the racing's different now because now we're racing over different distances. Like Corey's won Molokai's over three hours, three hours 30. He's now winning world championships in a 70-minute race. Like the, the big thing too, and this is what Nicky Notton pointed out. We actually had this discussion over a beer the other night with a few people. David Mocker, you know, tending to agree. Corey's kind of at that point now. And, and Nick Notton said, for me, it's not the wins that he's had. It's the fact that he had that incredible run of, like, how many years? So many years. From maybe 2014 or something like that to... 2015, when in Molokai, when he won, all the way, like, he'd probably still stay there, not falling off the podium. Well, he, he literally like, didn't fall off yeah, the podium top, until and top last three. year's World Championships when he had COVID and came 10th. 12th. Whatever. You know, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, um, no, yeah. No one has had the consistency that he has had. Now, this is over the course of a decade now to go with all of those wins too. He said that Darwood, you mentioned Darv. Darv was actually his like milestone. He thought Darv's result, he had a five-year period and never fell out of top five. Yeah. And that was what he was striving for. And Corey was able to do it in terms of top three at any race around the world. Yeah, it's amazing. So... Congratulations to Corey Hill on breaking yeah. new ground. He was very keen to point out there he's not done yet. Also very keen to point out he only won Worlds because it was in November. And he is Mr. November. He loves it. He loves it. He, loves it. Loves he, it he wants everyone to get around it. So if you see him, now. yeah, tell him. No, no more Corey, no more chill. It's Mr. November. Tell him to take his shirt off as well. Actually, you know what? One thing on, one thing on Corey that I actually we might as well talk about now too is that there was a, there was a, a really beautiful sentiment um, from Valentine Hennot the great French man who is not with us here this week. I know he's clearly missing his paddling vow, but he, he felt so moved by Corey's victory. He wanted to jump on social media and kind of celebrate Corey as the athlete. And, you know, he, he, he had the best intentions to do that. <laughs> but he kind of spoke about the fact, Val saying that he lived on the Gold Coast for a year and that he didn't see Corey train that much. And, you know, Corey has always had this reputation. People saying, oh, he only trains for Molokai four times a week, but he goes and wins. This guy does nothing. He's just so talented. 
Look, it was it, it actually was a really nice post, and the fact that Val went and did it, like I said to you, Mac, fuck, we're best mates with Corey. We didn't post shit on Instagram. Yeah, no, um, I haven't done anything. But I do want to actually take this moment to kind of say, hey, that's completely not true. Corey not only trains a lot, but he has trained a lot for a very fucking long time. Yeah, like we joke about Corey being on the Nutrigrain Ironman series. You know, saying, oh, how funny. Corey was on the series. He can't run. He can't swim. You know, he was a good board and ski paddler. But like, <laughs> he, he wasn't. Like, he, he's an outstanding athlete. And to be on that stage for the years that he was, it's by no fluke. Like, it's incredibly cutthroat racing. You have to be very fit. We're actually watching an Ironman race. It could have been the 2012 Australian Ironman final uh, with the Morgans that I'm staying with the other night. Mackenzie talking about it where Corey, fifth Corey came fifth, but he ran past the whole field on the first transition. Like, this isn't a guy who just gets in an ocean ski and knows how to surf some runs. Maybe like a Dean Gardner does now. You know what I mean? And an Oscar, yeah. in terms of knowing the ocean, he's a proper athlete. Yeah, no. He's, he's got a second in the cooling out of gold, right? Yeah. Like, he's, he's an athlete. Um, I, I would say, though, like, it, it is true. Like, he did not paddle all that much. He was like a four, maybe five-time-a-week paddle, probably when first Val first moved to the Gold Coast. But... I think with what we've seen in the paddling scene, and, and Corey will tell you, I will tell you, everyone will say, like, the level's gone up. you got to keep up. And if you don't, well, the four sessions that you did aren't going to cut it anymore. Like, because you look like now people, like, we're talking about possibly breaking three minutes in a race. That's what we're talking about for Worlds if it blew in the exact right direction. Like, that was sort of, go back three years, we weren't even speaking about something like that. Yeah, absolutely. The paddling is, is, is moving along fast. For sure. Look, just to go over our top 10, again, Maka, you were ninth. Like, I know that wasn't the result that you wanted, but just mm. to make that top 10, it's an extraordinary effort because some of the names that are outside of that 10 are like, you know, like... Kenny Rice. Well, Kenny Rice, defending world champion 11th, Mark Keeling 13th, Uli Hart 15th. That was your top three at the doctor last year. Yep. In similar kind of wind, admittedly, mm. as well, admittedly as well. So... It is no small feat. Um, we do need to speak about the sprint finish. If you haven't oh. seen the video, make sure you get online and say, I've embedded it in the article about Corey on the news. Gordon Harbrecht, they came around the can together. Gordon, Josh Fenn and Hank McGregor. Gordon put the foot down. He said, not today. I will not be denied today. And he got ahead of all of them. Unfortunately, standing on the beach, I've seen enough surf club carnivals, Rono. Well, you're getting jagged. You know, you could just see the wave coming. The three of them got on it. Gordon, again, out sprinting the boys to give himself a five-meter head start. It was not enough. Hank got him first. Josh got him on the line. Gordon's crossed the line. And look, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. He did cross the line, threw his paddle down and yelled, Shazer! <laughs> Which... <laughs> no, no, we're not laughing. It's not funny. But it, but it, it was oh, somewhat comical. I felt for him. It, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, Gordon such a kind sweet soul but fuck i don't want to see him angry again that was nah, hectic but was. he actually thought that that was for the world championship win he didn't know Corey was so far ahead I know. they've looked around and gone there's no way anyone could be in front of us because they were on different lines gordon thought it was for the win uh even michelle byrne ran up to hank mcgregor celebrating hank congratulations hank. no yeah michelle oh. said she ran up to hank congratulations congratulations Hank actually, as you just heard, was quite shuddered knowing that he came second. But look, again, I, I, Gordon, if you're listening, I know that you do. Anyone who's out there thinking about sprint finishes, fuck, let's just practice them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's such an important part of racing. Yes, the runs are longer here in Perth. You know, do they need to be this long? I don't know. But 
they are. Hank said that, you know, you heard him there. He, he went home and practiced his sprint finishes for the past year because he got beaten at the Dash of Cash last year in the over 40s category and he was humiliated. So, yeah, it's a tough Paid one, isn't for it? Him. Yeah, it's so close. Like, what a year Gordon's had. Gordon's been the most consistent performer in the last two weeks. In the last month. From, like, Hong Kong all the way to now, right? Well, I was going to say inside, like, he's been on the podium, but he's, he's finished fourth at Hong Kong and then fourth again. Um, yeah, I, I actually, it would have been so good for the sport. In Like, I mean, him winning the Sean Partners WA Race Week was one thing, but that world title, to be able to finish on the podium there gives everyone in Europe like a stepping stone. There's a pathway to becoming one of the best in the world. Follow what Gordon's doing. He's done it. It's that four-minute mile, the three-minute kilometer. Someone's done it. Everyone can follow suit. So that's two-fourths for Gordon in a row now. Yeah. He's going to be coming back. He's going to be... Oh, big time. Oh, big time. And even Hank said it then too. We kind of laughed and said, fuck, I've got to do one more year. Oh, my God. Wow. So it is incre- It is uh, an incredible field. Look, just two really quick shout-outs as well. Brendan Rice and Michael Booth, we mentioned that, both in the top 10, locals from WA. So good to see, particularly Ricey. And Nicky yeah. Norton too, seventh overall. You may, not, you may have missed that because yeah, his timing, timing chip didn't chip. go off when he crossed the line. So we missed the actual initial rush when everyone's screenshotting the results and posting them online. But he was seventh, which given the year that he's had, his health battles we've spoken about a bit, absolutely extraordinary. To quickly run through our World Championship categories as well, the top five of the under-18 men in fifth place was Zico Vesely, the Australian. Fourth from Great Britain was Terry Miller. Third from South Africa, Heath Clark. Second, Australian Alex Woodhouse. And from France, Matisse Rudeau, the new under-18 world champion. We'll be speaking about him Certainly, when we do talk about the splits on the next episode, really, really impressive talent. You know, one of the most impressive talents we've seen out of Europe for a very long time. His his father, Dave, was saying, uncle, was pioneer, his uncle, uncle yeah. pioneered like the the waves. That's right. Yeah. So he's got ocean running through his blood, and he, he wow. showed that in the wind here. The under twenty three is just as competitive. Fifth place, Harry Torrens, the Aussie. Fourth from Spain, Jorge Enriquez. Third, Portugal's Bernardo Pereira. Second was Uli Hart, the South African, and his countryman breaking through for his best surf ski result by a minute as well. Matthew Fenn. He has had an incredible tour of Australia and he's now putting those marathon results we know so well into the ocean ski as well. Really impressive young man. Yeah, he's come leaps and bounds even in the last three weeks, right? He was strong in Hong Kong, but downwind. And he'll say it like a bit of a washing machine for him, feeling a little bit out of place. Conditions yesterday were not easy. I don't think it was easy downwind. There was a lot of technical motion to it and he's really shone through. I think he's, yeah, like he's moving leaps and bounds. We're going to be breaking down all of the event atmosphere, all of our thoughts on the World Championships on the next episode of the Padless Pod, which will come out in about a week's time, maybe a little bit less. Shit, we're all right at these now, hey? We're starting to get through them. Yeah, we are. Sky, is that okay that we borrow Maka for another hour later in the week? Well, now she's come to the live one and she actually sat through it and, and was enjoyed She's realised also people do listen to it. So yeah, it's not so just she- us in our bedrooms just doing this stuff for the sake of it as well. Um, we will talk about all the event there. We will be talking about the doubles race on the next episode, plus the one kilometre split jackpot. Very, very, it still feels Ooh. quite surreal that like we've actually had something to put on it. The only cash that was on the world championships. 
and it was over a 1k time so we'll have all those results we'll talk about the way that it happens again thank you to 776 bc and mike mills tom mills tom mechanical i did say mate do you want me to plug your mechanics business you He's know on the podcast and he said no i'm booked out for the next four four months like <laughs> even if people want to come bring me business i can't fit them in um and also we will be speaking about well, actually, no, we covered it all off too. I was going to say about the doubles, but I've said that like three times now. We're going to get to the start line. The last thing we are going to mention today is that today is what is being known as Chalupski Day. People all around the world are being encouraged to get out there wearing the color yellow on the water for their morning session. Look, if you, if you are listening to this, if I do manage to get it out today and you haven't been able to do that... It might be right for the people back in time, like back in... Great point. Yeah. Yeah, great point across the international date line. But yeah. look... Everyone around the world is throwing their arms around Oscar at the moment. He, he, he's doing it tough. He's had a really tough run. He's had a few setbacks with his cancer battle, which he's spoken so openly about. You know, and he means so much for all of us. Hell, we're just about to hear his voice again. You know, when this... Yeah, when he's this, the voice of the Paddler's Pod. He's the voice of Sersky around the world. Oscar, if you're, at, if you're listening, mate, you're in our thoughts. And everyone around the world, keep Oscar in your thoughts as well. We owe him so much as a paddling community. Um, and he certainly needs all of our love and support at the moment. So, Oscar, thank you for all that you do. Been a great morning. Happy Chalupski Day, everyone. And in, yeah. tr- in true Chalupski Day style, Mackie, you better win a fucking gold medal because that's what it's <laughs> I'm gonna be doing that's it what it is own. all about too. Um, thank you, everyone. And we'll be back in a few days' time for part two of the World Championships here in Perth. How good. Until next time, take care and enjoy. And, uh, uh.